0: Hello and welcome to uh, this episode of the Together B2B Marketing Podcast. Uh, I'm Stuart Constable, the Head of Copy and Content uh, Together. And with me today is uh, Senior Art Director Rinty Barnes. Say hello, Rinty. Hello. And uh, we're here to talk about an extremely controversial and challenging topic, um, which causes a lot of um, discussion and... Lo- not Healthy second- debate. Healthy debate is perhaps a better way of putting it, yes. <laughs> Among the team here and um, in the wider business to business marketing community, we're hoping to come up with some helpful thoughts and uh, ideas for how we can uh, address the issue, which no doubt you've seen in the introduction to the podcast online. The question we're discussing is Is a B2B marketing campaign without images better than a B2B marketing campaign that uses bad stock photography? And I think the best place to start the discussion is to define what we mean by bad stock photography. Exactly. Rinty, you do colouring in and pictures and, and ting. What are we talking about here?
1: We're talking about a visual aid to reinforce the message of our core campaign thoughts when we're sending them out for our clients. Okay. Because for me, and I don't know if anyone else has probably thought about this, and I've started thinking about this, is that in the last several years, our society has become an extremely visual society, more so than it was... 10 to 15 years ago so there's video everywhere there's images everywhere Instagram everywhere and I think what's almost become something that from a design and messaging point of view would be the core message first more than anything else whether it's pure typography as a thought now that we're in a society where an image is, as in, is a bigger part of people's lives as, it, as it's ever been before could be why are brand teams and our clients have kind of soaked that that up and absorbed that as part of their normal everyday lives and feel that that should be a part of their brand as well Mm. that's why photography or imagery as as, you know if you want to put it that way is something that has to assign itself to a message rather than what is that message and what should it be saying first and foremost an interesting conversation we were having only yesterday about things that influence and matter to our lives are coming more into the fore but because of, of social media of video of smart TVs, people watching what they want when they want to watch it, it's a visual life that we're all living, so I think people have jumped on that bandwagon of thinking, well I've got to have an image with my line
0: But I think we've always thought that have we not? I mean, Not
1: always um,
0: The great classic advertising, you know, that everyone quotes the Ogilvy's, the, yes. you know, there was always imagery involved oh, in that, well, as a stopper to, a degree, to but, start telling the story But you had story. a good
1: split, didn't you? I mean, I remember way back in the far reaches of time when we wouldn't think twice about actually putting typography as our lead.
0: Mm, yes. Whereas,
1: do you see what I mean? I know, do. It, it's a 50-50 split, whereas now there has to be an image to go with that line.
0: So, And is the consequence, perhaps, of the proliferation of imagery in the way that you describe yeah. um, also the fact that it's become devalued as a medium? Yes. As the same has happened with um, music. Uh, it, you can get it everywhere. It's cheap. It's free. So nobody takes it seriously anymore. Yes. And actually, speaking as a writer, of course, I've always struggled with this because everybody speaks the language that I use. They all think they can use words, so nobody takes the word seriously. Uh, and now, finally, at last, the chickens come home to Bruce,
1: <laughs> And we're paying um, the price now. Yeah, you are paying the price. Your too. Pain. Everyone's a photographer because they've all got phones. Yes. So everyone can design something.
0: Yes. Well, that's been true for a while as well. You're quite right. Of course, you know, anyone who's got half a grasp of Microsoft publisher.
1: Well, and everyone (laughs) can get hold of these tools. You know, everyone can get hold of Photoshop. Everyone can now, you know, I'm again, not sounding too old, but I remember a time when we had all imagery that we sourced or we looked at came from a book. There was nothing online that and no one else saw that imagery other than the people that were working on that job. So that was imagery only exclusive to the designer and the copywriter and the creator-director at that time.
0: And that was expensive. And
1: that was expensive. Mm-hmm. Whereas now we have a whole pool of resource online on a website which anyone can go to and look at. And it means that, I guess, the, it's more about access, isn't it? People can access that more than they could ever do before. And because of that, they then have more of a, a knack or a technique for finding their imagery when actually what it boils down to is the training it needs to make sure that that imagery works for that campaign and for that brand let's not forget you know we're trained for many years to make sure that you know the brand is compliant but at the same time the creativity is amazing and out there but we think of those things all all of the time we live and breathe it whereas you know other types of people do have artistic flair but may not necessarily be living and breathing it and trained for 20 or 15 or 10 years
0: yes because, of course, this game is not an artistic game. Yes. This is a business practice. Yes. And what we do as creatives is solve business problems, yes. not come up with amazing, clever things that don't mean anything. We have to convey sales benefits. We have to persuade customers to respond to, to the messages, to engage. Yep. And uh, to essentially
1: buy the product or solution that we're selling. Ultimately, yep.
0: we need to take them on that journey. Yes. Uh, and I think that often gets lost in the mix as well. People see a great headline or a great image and they say, that's really cool. But can you remember the name of the company? Mm. Does, it, does it actually make you want to click and say, I want to know more about that?
1: Exactly. So there's a so lot it, more
0: to this than just a great image or a yeah, great line. Yeah, I mean,
1: so, you know, in a question that you know we're going to ask ourselves is why does imagery matter?
0: Yes, why does it matter? Is it
1: because it's a fundamental part of our personal lives as well as our business life? So it's almost like that secondary skin now that we didn't have before. It's quite an interesting thing, and I've thought a lot about it.
0: I think so. I mean, I, I, uh, I think, again, you know, there's never been a time where imagery hasn't mattered in one respect. No, but you would
1: take a picture, and it would take a week for you to...
0: Yes, you it know, was much more value. ...develop
1: it, and then you would put it in an album, and then you'd probably put it on the shelf, and then you probably wouldn't look at it for another three months. Whereas now, we take a picture of the food we eat, we take a picture of on the top of a mountain, we take a picture of our children, of our friends, of our social lives, of our bands, of our music... And it's instant, and we're looking at it all the time. So we're obviously soaking that up and absorbing that every minute of every day, far more than we were doing. Yeah. So it's almost become essential to our being. And that's why I wonder, people kind of jump onto that bandwagon kind of thinking, we always need an image. Yes. Because it's a part of their lives already.
0: Yes. Uh, but what that also does is say is make it much more difficult, actually, yes. to find an image that's really going to cut that through resonates. the noise uh, of all that visual... Yeah,
1: yeah. Should we talk about what are the ups and downs of stock photography? Well, I was going to say, yes, I
0: think that's the next thing, because, you know, given that situation, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you plunge into this world of stock photography. And how do you find something that cuts through the noise? And, you know, what are the goods and the bads?
1: Well, the goods and the bads is that these days, a lot of our clients have very cohesive brand guidelines which means we have a set of rules that we need to make sure we comply with before we even start. Mm. So that actually narrows down that kind of you know, landscape of unachievable imagery that we probably would never want to do, but we, it helps us focus more on what we need to achieve. But then the additional part of that and being a creative is that, well, how can I then take that brand and make it very, very engaging and different to what they've seen before in a previous brand piece? So I would say the ups and downs of stock photography are... The cheaper the image, the less likely you are for it to look current, Yes. the less likely you are to play with it. Obviously, we do an extensive amount of retouching in an authentic way, obviously, but we do also create our own bespoke imagery. Now, we can do that with stock photography in a way where we can splice things together and create something new from that. So you can use stock photography as long as something new is born from it. You shouldn't use it as it is on that stock website.
0: No. Because anyone can use it. And that's the trouble. I have seen a number of B2B marketing campaigns where competing companies have used the same image. Yes. And you think, okay, I'm not very comfortable with that.
1: Yeah, which is why you should always make sure something new is born from that. And I think that's the challenge I always love is in the case of you know coming up with a fantastic campaign that is very new and very different, how can I take that image and make it something new? So I'm modifying it. I'm kind of evolving it almost. It's almost like stock photography evolution. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. There are, you know, sometimes that can become a bit tired because there's only so many of these stock images on a stock library. So that's where you then have to go a little bit further afield to the slightly more expensive stock libraries. And they do get better and they do become more current and they do look a bit more modern. And I know a lot of the stock libraries that we use are very on the pulse of cultures and current climates and kind of, you know, in terms of attire and the things people wear and the things people go to have a coffee or, you know, we have to think about all these things and make sure it's current when we're communicating that well, imagery. I, I think
0: this is a really important point that yeah. I think perhaps we we overlook. Certainly, I have to say, I've overlooked it because, you know, I leave the visual side to you, mm-hmm. uh, Lindsay. <laughs> But, no, but I, I think that is critical because we do live in a very fast-paced environment. Mm. And if you've got a car that's three years old exactly. in a stock image, that might already date yeah. that and, and make your client look as though they're dragging behind the times.
1: Absolutely. I mean, an, a classic example of um, a fantastic job we've just done recently is of a product that was exactly that. It was on the side of a building and it was 10 years out of date. Yeah. So, But that client didn't have the money to make sure that they could actually use imagery with their product on the side of a building. So it's how do you then convey their idea and their core proposition in a visual way that gets across the nature of their product without having to spend thousands and thousands of pounds attaching that product to an item on the side of a house and then taking an image of it. Because you just don't have the time or the resource or the budget for that. So that's where we come in. You know, we come up with very clever ways of making sure that that message is conveyed, whether it's in an abstract way, but still not forgetting the products at the centre of it.
0: There's always a price to pay. Quality and price are indistinguishable from one another, if you like. So even in the world of stock photography, there are higher, you know, higher priced items that will do a better job. There's a direct link there. Um, But the ability to manipulate the imagery can... I mean, one of the key advantages of stock photography is price. It is cheaper, often, than going to getting an actual photograph taken. It then behoves us to get maximum value from it by manipulating it in a way. But, of course, there's a price for that as well. But it's, you know... So but it's there, an easier
1: price to pay than thousands and thousands for getting a photographer up the side of a mountain yeah. <laughs> and taking a picture of someone free-falling off the side of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, you yeah, all the PLI and all that. Yes. Um, but the, there is also a kind of a break point, isn't there, where you think, OK, actually, especially for things like product shots mm. and, and, and quite well-defined set pieces that can be done in a studio... Actually, the bar to taking original photography isn't as high as we think it is, no. is it?
1: No, it's not. No, there's, there's clever ways of making sure we can, we can render products. You know, we can take a product and make it look like it's a real product, like it's been shot in a studio. That's mm. something that we've never been able to do. Well, certainly in the last 10 years has been a resource we've not been able to do because of the high price and the nature of the tools that are needed to make that happen. But now we are in a fantastic position where we can make that happen. We can take products and make them look authentic and real in an environment, and we do it all the time. And Mm. people don't even realise that that's the case. And that's the cleverness of the image manipulation.
0: But we are also doing original photography.
1: Original photography on top of that, yes. Mm. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I mean, we did a campaign some while back now where we did an X-ray shot. It was the only way we could get the image. We took the client's product, which was a, a network switch, and did a kind of an x-ray photograph of it to show the inner workings um, within reason and copyright, you know... uh,
1: Copyright. Intellectual property
0: (laughs) protection because we knew that the people who wanted to buy this switch would be fascinated to see how it works inside and it did get a tremendous response as a campaign.
1: Probably needed some image manipulation on top.
0: Once we'd done the shot, we had to tweak it, absolutely. But, you know, that... What about the, the 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 aspect of authenticity if it is a real shot, it just is better
1: it is because it looks believable. You know We want our clients and our clients' clients and our customers customers to understand that the genuine offer you know that it 's not make believe that they haven 't just plonked something on there for the sake of it, that it actually has proper benefits and proper meaning and and the more i guess the more genuine and authentic it can look the better it is for the campaign to look overall.
0: So there are ups and downs to stock photography, but used in the right way, it can deliver real value. But that said, speaking as a writer, can I now have a moan about the lost art of typography? Because in any campaign, the imagery and the words have to work together. The way I've always understood it is that the... you know, As human beings, going back to what you said at the beginning... What you see first is an image. We, yeah. we live in a visual we environment, yeah. um, and more so than ever before, as yes. you say. So if we manage to come up with an image that cuts through that noise and catches somebody's eye and draws their attention and starts to tell the story that we want to tell, which you know, an effective um, image in a, an ad or a direct mail or whatever it might be should always do, it then will immediately point you down to the headline. And between the two, the headline needs to tell that story. Um, so can you explain to me, as an art director, why so many of my headlines are stuck across images <laughs> and are, are unreadable? What's going on?
1: Normally it is brand compliance. <laughs> so we need to I have a throw, chat with our brand team. I, I will throw that card in because working for large organisations, we, you know, we are the a secondary team to our brand teams for our clients. We are an extension of their team, which means we have to adhere to a certain set of guidelines. But... The art of, of typography, absolutely, I feel, is, is being lost. Now, I wonder if that's because also the art of print has been lost. We no longer spend the time and the sort of attention to detail, I would think, on print because of. Of cost. So, what would be beautifully lithographically printed before is now very quickly digitally printed. But there's plus sides to that as well Mm. that we have personalisation and we have amounts and quantities that we have to, you know, for all the different countries that we provide it for. But from a typographic point of view, absolutely. I, I feel that there is a need to start bringing that back in, start making that more of a punchier way of getting people to tie in. But it's the art of that typography, it's the kerning, it's the tracking, it's the cut of the font. Our clients have some lovely fonts as part of their guidelines. So absolutely, I'm well up for doing something that is pure typographic.
0: And, of course, a word is only a picture anyway. Words are not words as such. They are symbols that point to yes. underlying concepts. Yeah. Um, you know, I often defend my part in this by saying a word can paint a thousand pictures just as a picture can paint a thousand words. And it's true. You know, If I talk about 1966 to football fans immediately they can see Bobby Moore lifting the World Cup and all that kind of stuff. Yes. So um, using typography is just as much a visual art... It is, yeah. as, as it, Well, it's a completely visual art in as much as writing the words themselves.
1: Yeah, and I think that maybe there's an argument then, because of the fact that we are such an image-conscious world, that using pure typography as a way through to cut through that is probably the way to start thinking. So maybe that 's something that we can also start to experiment with. I, I would certainly be up for that.
0: yeah, I add that features only typography um, will stand out in a series and of I guess it 's the,
1: the little touches you know it doesn 't mean it has to be completely blank. there could be a little touch on that font or there could be something that 's you know a little thing that just makes you look a secondary time rather than a, you know because my worry always is if it 's just one or two words, you know, they have to be very strong one or two words don 't they if you 're just looking at that on a flat color. Now, a flat colour can kill that that font. So you have to make sure that the, the background that that font's on is going to engage you and pull you in. You know, there's, for me, unless that word is the strongest word it can possibly be, putting it on a flat black, for example, might not be enough. There might have to be a depth to that black. There might have to be a texture. So I think that there's ways you can play around imagery with it not being imagery.
0: Yes, I, I mean, that is that is the great visual art, isn't it? And, of course, that would fly in the face of a, an old-school Ogilvy-style art director who would say no no your font was, should never be reversed out of anything it mm. should be black on white but as you say done correctly yeah. it, it's still legible it still has impact and of course the benchmark would be the economist campaigns where they have just a sea of red yeah. and a couple of killer white words in the middle eminently legible high impact mm. but they were images they weren't
1: I wonder just if, lots yeah, of words I wonder were they? as well though if brand colours have a lot to do with that so for example if you were to take the brand of Coca-Cola And use that red, but with the white line in a certain way, and then you have that font in the middle. People would instantly recognize that as Coca-Cola. But it's a bit trickier for our B2B technology companies because they're not mainstream brands so much as, say, Coca-Cola or Cadbury's. So there's a way where we have to be quite careful that maybe we push their brand a little bit further to be more recognizable, and then we can start playing with the typography.
0: Well, this is where um, you can hear the brand teams, you know, putting their heads in their hands and going, "Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, that's what we're trying to do," yeah. um, and it, it's where I think sometimes we get asked to push the brand beyond where it'll go, and I think that undermines the power of the brand. Mm. You know, I think it's, it's there important- for a reason. Yeah, and and it, it it can help increase response. It can help impact because you know customers are used to seeing this consistent kind of uh, form of imagery and typography mm. and so on so i know you know we're always careful to, tr- to strike that balance as you said at the beginning yeah. actually so i think we've explored a number of ways that we can get great value and most of all return on investment from imagery budget so yes. just chat us through again you know the points about the balance between original photography and stock photography and that extra layer of manipulation that exactly. really brings yeah. out value i
1: think first and foremost it's you know, understanding the the constraints of their own budgets. You know, we need to know what we're playing with. But once we get a real good idea for that, you know, we always like to put a wild card in as well because, you know, nine times out of ten, that wild card is well received and then sort of people get on board with it and we find a way of doing it. So there's always a way of going that little bit extra in terms of complete image regeneration. So from stock photography to a higher band of photography costs to then photo shoots to then drawing up our own stuff whatever that is there are lots of different tiers that can answer our clients vision and that's what we're here to do we're here to make sure our clients look good that they get the customers that they need and that their brand is reinforced at every stage but by making sure that the imagery is in sync with our messaging we have to make sure that that is the first and foremost thing we do.
0: I think that's a perfect way to finish. Thank you very much, Rinty, for all your thoughts on this uh, you, controversial Stuart. subject. Uh, <laughs> I can guarantee that the argument will continue. It
1: will. <laughs> Thank you.
0: But that's kind of where we come to work. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening. And um, if you've got views on this, send us emails and uh, comment. Let us know what you think. We're always happy to engage in the debate.